Hello, you're listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 4, Chuck vs. Operation Awesome. And really, there's no time to waste, because if you remember in the last episode, Devin? Kidnapped? Killed? Dead? Alive? Who knows? We gotta find out. Before we can find out, though, I just want to let you know, um, email us, gocheckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch, if you have any theories, if you have any feelings about Devin. If you're feeling awesome or if you have an operation if you like the game operation if you'd like to teach me how to play it because my parents wouldn't buy it for me when i was a kid email us about it or tweet at us at go truck podcast we'd love to hear from you but now you got to hear us talk about what happened to devin to go check yourself it's a podcast about the television show chuck it's hosted by myself my name is chris gillespie my name is erin arada and that was really casual and she's also one of the hosts of the show uh we are pretty laid back here just a couple of cool people talking about chuck we're going to be talking about season three episode four chuck versus operation awesome today it's actually kind of jarring how laid back i am seeing as last episode we ended on a cliffhanger uh Devin, aka Captain Awesome, is in jeopardy. He's in danger. He's yes. missing. We don't know where he is. He might be dead. But he could be dead for all I know. But we're just taking it easy, laid back. Uh, Aaron, how how are you? I'm I'm doing pretty well. Um, I am. You know, I'm I'm not that concerned. I think I think the Chuck folks will figure it out. They're just you know they're gonna they're gonna get it done like they always do, and it's gonna be fine. And if he's dead, he's dead. Whatever. You know, we'll get a new Ellie. Will get a new boyfriend. It'll probably be Morgan. <laughs> that you seem weirdly calm about it you're weirdly supportive of the chuck people i think rightfully so they get the job done but then also you seem to be really indifferent whether or not captain awesome lives or dies which is strange seeing as we seem to have positive feelings about him well you know you sometimes sometimes a character leaves a show and you just you just gotta move on you know you can't you can't just Sometimes a show gets canceled and you just got to got to let it go. <laughs> Is everything OK? Or do you seem to be kind of down in the dumps? I'm just I just feel like we were a little bit mean to the host of the Peppa Pig podcast in our last episode. And I've just been feeling bad about it for a full week. And I just like it just life doesn't have I I feel like life has lost it lost its luster. I feel like I used to think of myself as like the hero of my story. but. In, in the story of the hosts of the Peppa Pig podcast, I'm the villain. And that's just really getting me down. Okay, hold on. Let's well, let's stop recording for a second. I'm going to put the recorder down. Okay. You got to look, it's I know sometimes things get difficult and sometimes you, you know, jokingly start a war with another country based off of your podcast ratings. You know, someday you, you know, you start off as the number one television review podcast in Italy and some days it's Peppa Pig. but you just got to just remember what's important and just go out there and have a good attitude. And I'm sure the Peppa Pig people will understand. I'm sure Peppa Pig preaches forgiveness. I've never seen the show, but you can't get too, too hard on yourself. You know, Chris, thank you. Thank you so much. I think I just, I, 
as you were talking, I started to feel again inside my heart. I, I felt something I hadn't felt in a full week. And it was concern for Devin's well-being. I'm worried. Yes. Is he going to be okay? Well, why don't we figure it out? Why don't you tell us? All right, let's get going. So in this episode begins with Devin, who's alive. He's alive. We don't, oh, thank God. We don't have to wait. We find out right away he is alive. He's, oh, tied to, he's tied to a desk chair on top of a skyscraper for some reason. He's being questioned by a woman named Sydney who threatens to throw him off said skyscraper unless he tells her all about the CIA. He says she has him confused with someone else, but she says, we know exactly who you are, Devin. Back at Castle, Chuck is freaking out despite everyone telling him don't freak out. Casey and Sarah are doing what they can to locate Devin, but Chuck and Ellie, who is at home and apparently in the dark about all of this, can't calm down. Chuck decides to channel his nervous energy into going to work, so we move to the Buy More, where Big Mike has called Morgan into his office and has promoted him to assistant manager. Has that not already happened? I thought Morgan was already assistant manager, but I guess he wasn't. Morgan, ex- <laughs> Morgan accepts the position. Meanwhile, Chuck is barely containing his panic, and instead of keeping him from flashing, the panic sends the intersect into overdrive. So I thought that was kind of a cute uh, new new thing that we see happening here. Mm-hmm. A woman asks for help in Thai, and Chuck responds fluently. Lester pretends to hit Chuck, and Chuck flashes on martial arts and kicks the shit out of Lester, which I liked, and so on. Sarah tries to take Chuck out of the buy more, saying she and Casey think the ring might have Devin, but as Chuck works his way towards a complete meltdown, Devin walks into the store completely unharmed. I was a little worried he'd been brainwashed or something, but I guess that's not that that isn't where they go with it. Um, he mm-hmm. tells Chuck that they think he's a spy. In fact, they think Devin is Chuck. Back at Castle, we learn that Sydney has attempted to recruit Devin to the ring and left him with a ring communication device, like one of those circular phone things. Mm-hmm. Begman explains that they can use the device to try to figure out the ring's plans, but first, they're going to need Devin to pretend to be a real spy and do everything Sydney says until they can convince her she's turned Devin and use that to corner and arrest her. Chuck refuses to let Devin do this, but Beckman, Casey, and especially Sarah say it's the only way to keep Devin safe. Devin says he trusts Chuck, so he'll do it if Chuck says it's okay. At the buy more, Chuck encounters Morgan wearing the assistant manager vest and congratulates him on his promotion. They're interrupted when Lester walks up with a huge bruise on his face. Instead of being angry at Chuck for kicking him, Lester says the kick made him feel like a man for the first time since his bar mitzvah. Much like Chris's kind words made me feel like a human again. Jeff asks Chuck to hit him as well. He should have just asked Chris to say something nice to him, but these men and their violence. Chuck refuses, and as he and Morgan walk away, we see Lester just deck Jeff in the face in the background. So that was that was nice. Chuck takes Devin home to Ellie, and we get a cute and kind of uncomfortable sequence where Ellie asks where Devin was, and Devin, who is a terrible liar, spins a story about running in Griffith Park and being attacked by a bear, which he then decapitated. Pretty fun. Ellie understandably does not believe this. Chuck says it's time to tell Ellie the truth and tells her that Casey was drunk in Griffith Park and Devin spent the whole morning at the police station trying to get the charges against him dropped. Ellie does believe this, which is made even more funny and awkward when Casey walks by and says hello. In a quick cut back to Morgan, we find Skip Johnson and all the other Blymore employees, but especially Skip Johnson because he's the important one, covered in bruises and wearing sunglasses, which I assume is a reference to Fight Club, but uh, that's not something I've seen. It is something, though, that the employees seem to have started. Morgan asks why everyone is beat up, but due to his new position of authority, Lester and Jeff refuse to tell him anything. Chuck continues to panic about what will happen when Sydney calls, which, as my therapist would say, does not actually prepare him for the stress of Sydney actually calling. 
Devin arrives with a package Sydney sent and a ringing ring phone. Chuck, Sarah, and Casey listen in as Sydney gives Devin instructions to open the package, put on the earpiece and watch that are inside it, and meet her at the Crystal Towers in an hour. Chuck talks Devin through this, and Sydney is somehow unable to hear Chuck talking, even though she can hear Devin. I know it's it's all she can't even hear him like a little bit in the background. It's a little weird. But uh, things get a little hairier when Devin puts in the earpiece and Sydney tells him that it is also an explosive device. If he tries to remove it or deviates from her instructions in any way, she's going to detonate it. At the Crystal Towers, we learn that Chuck and the team have also provided Devin with a communication watch. Chuck has labeled both watches, so one says good guys and one says bad guys. Sure hope Devin doesn't mix them up. Spoiler alert, he's not going to, but I was very nervous the whole time that he might like <laughs> talk into the wrong one. But they make it seem like that the shot of him looking down at both of them, he's like, oh, he's going to mess it up yeah. eventually. But he doesn't. He doesn't. It's kind of misleading. Yeah. Sydney calls and tells Devin to get to a penthouse on the building's 12th floor. Then she'll call again. Casey tries to trace the call, but it's over too fast for him to find Sydney's exact location. So Devin has to follow her instructions. I was wondering, maybe you can answer this as a Los Angelino. Is, are the Crystal Towers, that's a real place? That is not you know? a real place. No, um, no. And I actually read, I think it was on IMDb or maybe it was Wikipedia that this is a goof that I mean, it's not really a goof. I, I wouldn't say this is a goof. This is more a production design thing. But the towers they show are actually towers that I believe are in Century City. So that's not they actually seem to film in Century City a lot. Um, that seems like they're like downtown L.A., like what they use as downtown L.A. because it's also an area of L.A. that has like taller buildings. But um, these these towers say that they're in downtown LA. Like they make a point to put crystal towers downtown LA, but actually these specific buildings are not located downtown. At the crystal towers, Devin is off on his own with two wristband walkie talkies. As we mentioned, Sarah reminds Chuck that he needs to be composed for Devin's sake. So Chuck tries to keep it together and he feigns confidence. Sydney calls Devin. Sydney is, uh, I'm surprised that you didn't say anything about Sydney especially considering who she is, the actress, and what the actress is from. Um, is she from Agent Cody Banks? Potentially. She's from Agent Cody Banks. I mean, she's in Agent Cody Banks. Fra- who are Starring our friend Frankie Muniz, our friend and <coughs> olive oil <coughs> Excuse expert. me, you didn't say his name correctly. Oh, yeah, sorry. That was, <laughs> that was really rude of me. God, I'm sorry. Frankie Muniz. Thank you. Okay, please, please carry on. Who is... But she's... Fr- She's from uh, Rizzoli and Isles. Oh, my God. Show. Oh, my God. I knew she looked familiar. And I just looked at like Wikipedia only lists like so many things. And they say that she's known for like Law and Order and Agent Cody Banks. So I was like, ah, yes. OK, that's probably where I've seen her. But uh, that's that's absolutely why she looked familiar. Thank you. She's she's Rizzoli. She's like the tough one. She's the tough Italian <laughs> one. So Sydney calls Devin from the backseat of the car that she's riding in. She's just in a car for a long time. So it kind of looks like it's like an Uber black or something like that. It's <laughs> yes. pretty nice. Uh, she tells him that he needs to break into the Crystal Towers. Uh, can I just say Crystal Towers sounds like a level on Spyro? It does. Someone out there understood that joke. I'm not expecting I, you to I understand that joke. I understood that joke. It's like Rainbow Road. Yeah, but someone really appreciated it. It's not like Rainbow Road. It's like Crystal Tower. It's someone. Someone will get that. And if you get that, please, please write in and let us know that you got it and tell Aaron that she's lame for not getting it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't like feel it. OK, you didn't, you're like, right. Get it. OK. You just were like, I got it. OK. Anyhow, so Devin's got to get to the, the penthouse on the top floor. Uh, Sydney says that the building has tight security, but nothing that he can't handle. And she hangs up. 
Meanwhile, in the spy van, Casey tells Chuck that the call wasn't long enough to be tracked and that they need Devin to call her back. Chuck doesn't like the idea, but Sarah reminds him that they need to find Sydney to save Devin. So Chuck agrees to let Sarah and Casey do their thing while he goes and helps Devin break into the building. Chuck puts on a Crystal Towers uniform and heads out into the building. In the lobby, Devin is wandering around waiting for Chuck. A security guard approaches him and asks what he's doing. We know that Devin is bad at lying, as evidenced by the the decapitating the bear story that he told his wife. So he starts to panic and says that he's there for his friend Chuck, who may or may not work there. The security guard is weirdly sympathetic to Devin and introduces himself as Julius and asks Devin what the problem is since Devin seems lost and confused. Devin explains that he's just wrapped up in some bad stuff and is exhausted from keeping secrets and lying to his wife. Julius interprets this to mean that Devin is having an affair with Chuck and advises Devin to tell his wife the truth about Chuck if he truly loves Chuck. Devin tries to correct Julius, but then Chuck shoots Julius in the neck with a tranquilizer dart. Devin is concerned that Chuck killed Julius, but Chuck explains that he has a no-killing policy like Batman or Spider-Man and steals Julius's access key, and the two brother-in-laws escape into the building. As they head up the elevator, Devin asks Chuck what he thinks is up in the penthouse, and Chuck assures him that it's probably not as bad as they think. Of course, as soon as they arrive at the top floor, Chuck and Devin are ambushed by a bunch of henchmen, and Chuck flashes and becomes an expert marksman and tranks all of the guys uh, like he's in the movie Wanted. Devin asks Chuck how he got so good, and Chuck says, Nintendo Duck Hunt. I uh, My note here is, season of Mary, baby, this is badass. You're, you're taking credit over that? No, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying that... This- this is still the season of Aaron in that I am enjoying it immensely. I am not saying that oh, okay. it is good because it is the season of Aaron. It's a chicken and egg scenario. Yeah, if we we failed to mention, but hashtag season of Aaron. Yes, this is season three. still the season of Aaron. Still hashtag season of Aaron. Uh, Sydney, who's in the car, still riding somewhere. I guess that's what it's you do just, in L.A. Yeah, she, that, that's the most accurate L.A. part of the show. She calls Devin and instructs him to go to the end of the hall and uses a, uh, and use a retina scanner to open the door. Sydney advises Devin to cut out one of the henchmen's eyeballs, but Devin tells Chuck that he took an oath to do no harm, and Chuck suggests that they just prop up one of the unconscious henchmen in front of the scanner. Once they pull this off, Devin and Chuck enter the room and step onto a large emblem on the floor that reads Central Intelligence Agency. Wait a second, that stands for CIA. Uh-oh, they just broke into the CIA. Chuck tries to communicate with Sarah, but there's some kind of scrambler situation going on with the feed, so Sarah can only hear Chuck say that it's the CIA. At this point, Sydney arrives at Crystal Towers and walks through the same parking garage that Sarah and Casey are parked in. As Sarah and Casey make to leave the van, the van automatically locks and their spy computer screens go blank. Beckman pops up on the TV and tells them to stand down. She's just received new information and tells them that their new directive is to stand down. I don't. This doesn't really make sense. Stand down, Aaron. Stand Okay. Stand down. Stand down. I'm standing down. I'm standing down. Sarah and Casey are pissed and tell her that Chuck is in some kind of CIA facility and that this whole thing was a setup. And Beckman says, yes, that's exactly what it is. It hangs up. For, and I don't understand. I agree. This did not make any sense. I don't sense. understand I was, what I, it's a setup for. I had to watch this a few times because I was like, wait, what is happening? Is Beckman a bad guy? What What is happening? I'm so confused. Still unclear. Uh, I still don't really understand. Even after watching the episode? Yeah. Well, I mean, no. I Well, we can talk about it at the end. I, I, I'll ask you again at the end. I don't really okay. understand. We'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, Sydney is walking through the lobby of Crystal Towers and calls Devin to tell him that he's almost done. He just needs to find the man in the CIA base and kill him. 
Devin freaks out, but Chuck assures that no one is going to kill anyone. They proceed down the hall and eventually find a muscular man typing into a computer in a fancy CIA office. Chuck tells Devin to hide, so Devin runs away. Wait, hold on, hold on. Are you you're describing you're describing uh, Brandon Ruth Ralph? How do do you know how to say that? Uh, I am describing him. You're describing him as a, a muscular man. Yeah. I mean, he's not not muscular, but I feel like that's not like the first thing I would say, like a handsome, dark haired, dark eyed man. I wouldn't like highlight his muscles. He's like a good looking guy. I was getting to that. Okay, sure. Chuck tries to notify this man who may or may not be Brandon Routh uh, of what's going on. But this man is not interested. Chuck introduces himself and says, my name is. But then the man turns around and says, Chuck, Chuck Bartowski. And it's none other than Superman himself. Brandon, Brandon Routh, Ruth, we should have figured this out we ahead should have. of time. I was trying to listen to a pronunciation video, but I realized I shouldn't do that while we're recording. No, go for it. You have it right there. Yes. One second. I just closed it. All right. It says Ralph, 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 okay. Brandon Routh. Okay. okay. So yeah, Brandon Routh, I guess we're doing this now. He's here. Chuck is, Chuck is flabbergasted that this man who we will find out soon enough is named Shaw knows all about him. Shaw tells him that he knows all about Chuck in the ring and tells Chuck that uh, Chuck needs to kill him before Sydney arrives on the top floor. Chuck doesn't want to do this, but Shaw hands him a gun and tells him to aim for his left shoulder. Chuck explains his uh, Batman like principles to Superman. It's kind of funny, you know, like Batman versus Superman. That is pretty funny. Uh, But Shaw retorts that if Chuck doesn't kill him, Chuck and Devin are as good as dead. Shaw then takes a red pill out of his pocket and swallows it. Shaw insists that he needs to die. Uh, and holds the gun against his, sh- his own shoulder. Chuck just can't do it, so Shaw tells him to put the gun in Devin's hands and to hide. He also gives Chuck a letter to read afterwards, which is nice, I guess, just to provide him with like a nice little note or card or something. <laughs> but like, hey, sorry, you're sorry, you sorry the stranger me. died yeah. in front of me. <laughs> Sympathies for killing me. Uh, Shaw says, truth is, I hate guns too, and proceeds to shoot himself in the shoulder. Devin runs in after hearing the gunshot and is upset because he thinks that Chuck just shot and killed this guy. They hear Sydney's footsteps approaching, so Chuck tells Devin to remember that they need to make it look like he just shot Shaw, and uh, then Chuck hides in the back of the room. Sure enough, Sydney enters and sees Shaw dead on the ground. She inspects Shaw's body and tells Devin that he's uh, he's cute and talented. She removes the explosive earpiece from Devin's ear and tells him to dispose of the body but uh, keep his weird little ring cell phone. Sydney tells him that she'll be in touch and exits. Devin waits for her to leave, but then starts to freak out. So Chuck emerges from his hiding place. Chuck rips open Shaw's letter. Turns out that the red pill was amiodarone. Amiodarone and some kind of medical pill name. And there's a medical kit in the desk in the middle of the office. Devin knows what this substance is and knows how to administer the cure for it. Chuck hands him the medical kit and Devin stabs Shaw in the chest with an adrenaline needle bringing Shaw back to life. Once he comes back to life, Shaw says, to answer your question, my name is Shaw. It was pretty, pretty badass, but I, I feel like he could have explained that. Like he could have said, he could have taken the time to been like, I'm going to take this pill. It's going to make me look like I'm dead. You just have to shoot me in the shoulder. It's fine. Like there was, Mm -hmm. there was no real, because like even Devin was out of the room. So even if there was some, like it would have been better I don't know. Maybe they couldn't tell Devin because Devin's bad at lying, but like he could have told Chuck, but I don't know. It might have even been in their best interest that both people knew because they're supposed to be calm. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense why he didn't just explain this. 
Yeah, it definitely would have been kind of calming to know that he what was going on. But also, and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how this works, but was he so he took the pill and it slowed down his body to effectively dying. So he was like unconscious during that time. Right. Anyways, but he immediately upon waking up, remembered the bit that he was going to (laughs) do upon being resurrected. I really admire that being like, I have a bit, but the bit involves me dying. And once I come back to life, this is what I'm going to say. I think it's yeah, it's that's really impressive. Level. That's why Shaw is a great <laughs> character. That's what makes him such a great spy. That's what Beckman said. Yeah. No. The next morning, Beckman introduces Chuck, Sarah and Casey to Agent Shaw and says that he's a great spy because he does bits that involve him dying and coming back to life. The cardinal uh, rule of being a spy is the first one is don't fall in love, but the second one is commit to a bit. Yes. <laughs> she tells them that Shaw is an excellent uh, spy. He has been committing to bits and working to take down the ring for the past five years. She tells them that Shaw now has authority over all of their missions involving the ring, which is surprising to all of them and to us because this has never happened before in the show. Uh Casey says that he has magazines that are older than Shaw, but Shaw says that he's been briefed on all aspects of the intersect. So he knows everything about Chuck. Shaw dismisses Beckman, which is like really crazy. He's not fucking around. He can dismiss Beckman. Pretty wild. And Shaw hands over all of his intel on the ring to Chuck, Sarah, and Casey. Chuck is upset because Sydney is still at large, so Devin is still theoretically in danger. But Shaw tells him that they need to use Devin again as bait in order to lure Sydney out of hiding. If they can stop Sydney, they can contain Devin's identity. Chuck does not like this plan, but Sarah tells him that Devin will be in more danger if they don't use him in their mission. Chuck says that Devin is not a spy, but then Shaw asks Chuck, Do you have a better plan? And Chuck looks into the camera. Just kidding. He's not looking into the camera. He's only sort of looking into the camera. He's actually looking at a computer monitor that is showing the schematics for the ring's weird little circle phone. Maybe he has an idea now. Oh, I totally missed all of that. So, well, you know what? You you know what else you missed, too? What? The declassified scene that occurs here. Oh, my God. You did not see. Okay, please tell me more. So. This is a scene that was cut for time. Chuck pulls Sarah aside away from Casey and Shaw. He's upset that Sarah wants to use Devin again as a pawn. He expects more from her. He expects this kind of stuff from Casey and Shaw. Uh, Sarah very sincerely says that she wishes this wasn't the case, but it's the only way that they can protect Devin. Chuck asks if there's another way, but Sarah asks Chuck to trust her and walks away. At this point, Chuck notices the schematic for the ring phone on the computer monitor and definitely has an idea. So okay, I, he does I like have an that idea. scene. I like that. Yeah, I don't know why they they cut it out. Back at the buy more, Morgan is wandering the sales floor and can't find any of the sales associates. He hears a dull roaring sound coming from the back room, and he heads back there and finds you guessed it a Fight Club fight scenario club. going on ah. in the computer repair cage. Jeff and Fernando are shirtless, punching the crap out of each other as Lester looks on amused, wearing those sunglasses again. Morgan tries to shut it down, but no one listens to him. Lester pressures a random green shirt who we've never seen before into fighting Jeff next, but the green shirt panics and tries to escape the cage. So Lester uses a car battery to momentarily electrify the cage, shooting the green shirt back into a bunch of cardboard. Uh, Morgan breaks into the cage and tells them to stop. They agree, but Lester says that Morgan won this time, but he will not be able to shut them down completely. Lester leads all of the nerd herders and green shirts out, leaving the car battery still turned on. He doesn't really unplug it. Back at the apartment, 
Devin confides to Chuck that he can't bear to go on another mission, and Chuck assures him that he won't have to. Devin gives Chuck the ring phone, and Chuck takes it to the Buy More after hours to dissect it. As Chuck works at a desk in the back room near the cage, uh, Morgan enters and begins to unload on Chuck all about the Fight Club situation that's unfolding. I imagine that is a stressful thing to happen in your workplace, so I can understand yeah. why he wants to vent. Yeah. Uh, Morgan is concerned that he's going to go. He's going to lose his new job and his new promotion. Chuck is distracted uh, while he's waiting for the ring phone to finish syncing with his computer or something. I'm not really sure what he's doing. Chuck tells Morgan that he needs a plan and Morgan agrees. Chuck explains that when he has problems, he forms a plan by really analyzing the situation and finding the weak points. As he says this, the ring phone finishes uploading to the computer. Morgan takes Chuck's advice and storms out. Chuck impulsively calls Sydney on the phone. Sydney is confused and annoyed, and Chuck introduces himself as the spy that killed Shaw. Devin Woodcomb was just a, de- a decoy. He's the real spy. Chuck then makes his way to the nerd her desk and calls Sarah to tell her that he just called Sydney and told her to come to the buy more because he's setting up a trap. Sarah is confused, but Chuck tells her that he needs her in case to come by to the buy more because Sydney and her men just arrived. Dun 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 dun. Before Sarah and Casey can make their way to the buy more, Shaw grabs the phone and tells Chuck he's on his own for this one. Sarah expresses some anxiety that Chuck will get nervous and not be able to perform, and Shaw finally makes, like, a legit erectile dysfunction joke. So I was like, thank God. I, I like <laughs> this <you> guy. <laughs> cutting through that subtext and just getting to the, the point of the message. Please do. Unfortunately for Chuck, at this moment, Sydney and her bad guys show up and begin unscrewing the buy more doors. Apparently only current and or former employees can stroll in after hours because they they can't just open the door like they have to (laughs) unscrew it. Chuck gets on the PA system and tells Sydney and her guys to go to the home theater room, but they find him immediately hiding behind the nerd herd desk. I'm pretty sure that's happened before, but maybe that happened to Morgan. I don't really remember, but I do kind of remember someone talking on an intercom and then getting found. Mm -hmm. Um. Chuck tells the bad guys that the store will be open in the morning if they'd like to come back, and he says it's open at 10. That seems really late for this kind of store to open, but I guess it explains why Chuck has so much leisure time in the morning. (laughs) Sarah and Casey watch the video feed from the Buy More and tell Shaw he's effectively killing Chuck by not allowing them to help him. Shaw says he has faith in Chuck's plan, so much so that when Sarah and Casey say they're going in, Shaw pulls his guns on them. He has more than- he has two. Two guns. (laughs) Chuck tells Sydney he's the one who killed Oh, Chuck tells Sydney he's the one who killed Shaw and she asks him to prove this by fighting off two of her guards. Unfortunately, Chuck isn't able to flash, so he gets punched in the face. Then he distracts the guards or then he distracts the bad guys and or freaks them out a little bit by pretending to do some like pseudo martial arts moves and then he runs away. At this point, Sarah tells Shaw to just shoot her if he has to and runs out to help Chuck because Sarah don't give a shit. Casey pulls a gun on Shaw in the commotion and forces Shaw to lower his guns. Casey and Sarah run into the buy more while Chuck hides in the electrified cage. When one of the guards touches the door to the cage, he gets shocked by the car battery and accidentally shoots one of the other guards, so I guess that works out pretty well for Chuck. Sarah and Sydney have a pretty brutal fight, but Sarah eventually gets knocked down and unable to get back up, although she is alive. Like, she doesn't get shot or anything, she just gets, like, badly hurt. Chuck grabs one of the guard's guns and chases Sydney out onto the loading dock. She taunts him that he won't be able to shoot her while secretly pulling out a knife. And Chuck tries to be tough, but he also can't let go of his innocence. He can't pull the trigger. And I'm like, just shoot her, Chuck. As Sydney is about to throw the knife at Chuck, she gets shot. 
blood immediately comes out of her mouth, which, like, I don't think that happens the second the bullet hits you, but I'm not a doctor, so maybe I'm wrong. Sarah has run out to help Chuck, her gun drawn, but she's not the one who fired. Who did? It's Shaw, who's standing behind Sydney. Back in Castle, Shaw notes that Devin's identity has been contained, but he tells Chuck that caring so much about friends and family is what makes him unable to pull the trigger, and that ultimately makes everyone more vulnerable. He turns to Sarah for support, but Sarah just says sometimes it helps to know you have something to lose. Also in this scene, Chuck is wearing a striped polo shirt that I'm 100% sure my dad owned in 2009. From from Old Navy. <laughs> in the buy more, Big Mike tells Morgan that he needs to get his house in order and not be afraid to pull the trigger. So that's, a, I guess, the recurring theme of the episode that we're just getting now. Um, mm-hmm. Morgan confronts Lester and ultimately fires him. This immediately deflates Lester's fight club bravado, and he begs for his job back, saying he has to get out of his mom's place. Under Big Mike's watchful eye, as we all are, Morgan agrees to rehire Lester, but on probation. Again, I want to say Morgan's a little more likable this season. I feel like we've all been in that situation where we're assistant manager of a store and the employees are forming a fight club. And I just feel like he's a little bit more relatable. He's a little bit more mature. He's not doing mm-hmm. anything egregious. I, I dare I say, I liked Morgan in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, uh, he seems to be a little bit more mature and a little bit level-headed and he's not doing, uh, I don't know. I guess since Anna's been gone and since he's gone to Hawaii, he's really done a lot of growing up, it seems. I'm proud of him. I hope that this trend continues. The episode ends with Morgan and Chuck, who have also completely unpacked their apartment and have a pretty cool decor going on, hosting Ellie, Devin, Sarah, and Casey for dinner. Ellie takes the bottle of wine that Casey has brought over with him and says, you had enough of that, which I thought was funny. Chuck and Sarah have a moment, and then Chuck tells Devin that they caught Sydney and everything will be fine. Devin is relieved. Back in Castle, Shaw watches surveillance footage of all this and puts on a wedding ring that he was keeping in a box in his pocket. Hmm. It's a little weird, but, you know, we, we uh, he's got a wedding ring. What's that all about? We don't know. He's been uh, studying the ring for a long time, but is it... I think Beckman made it seem like he was studying the, the evil organization called the ring, but did she mean that he's just, like, an expert at, like, jewelry and rings He has been studying his own ring. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a... That's not a good credential for why he should lead a spy team at all. <laughs> Just someone who's been studying a single golden ring. Okay, so uh, we have to talk about what is what was going on with Beckman. Like the setup was that they were gonna meet Shaw. Why did like why did they have to do it that way? Why didn't she know about it beforehand? What like what was going on here? Yeah, I don't, the setup was that Shaw was intentionally trying to get caught by Sydney so that they could get her and kill her i guess i guess it doesn't this like it didn't really make sense that they did it that way and i also tried to watch it and tried to think through it and like that that doesn't make sense to me i guess the point is that like beckman is kind of losing like ceding control a little bit to shaw like that's Mm -hmm. that's all i can glean from it yeah yeah, that makes sense yeah chuck mary kill is a segment where we identify one part of the episode that we want to marry one part of this episode we want to kill I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to tell you my Mary. It's real quick, real easy, real simple. My Mary is Julius. Wow. The security guard. He was really what an nice. unsung hero. He was nice. He was very considerate. He seemed to uh, be genuinely concerned for Evan and very comfortable about the uh, discussing the intricacies of relationships. So, Julius, I was, he was a real uh, nice minor player. Yeah, I really liked him. Um, my Mary is going to be in while Devin is trying to uh, explain to Ellie where he has been um, over the course of his 
having been kidnapped when he's struggling to lie to her. There is a line where he says he saw he thought he saw a cat in a tree and it was injured. But in fact, the cat was a bear. And then Ellie incredulous. Well, actually, at this point, she's kind of like playing along and she says the cat was a bear. And I just thought that was really funny. I laughed out loud at that. (laughs) It is like some of the reviews. I read another IGN review and it's like that scene is a little bit forced for its humor. But I thought it was it was just done so well that I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a little campy. Yes. The cat was a bear. My kill was I. So I I kind of liked the Fight Club thing mm-hmm. overall. Like mm-hmm. it made me genuinely laugh at first when Lester was saying that he's never felt more alive than getting kicked in the face. Uh-huh. And I like how he uh, leads the rest of the buy more into descending into his kind of like madness. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of funny. My kill, though, is the electrified cage. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like as it was happening, like I said before, during the recap, I wasn't clear. I was like, did he unplug it? Is it always unplugged? Like it. It seemed like he didn't unplug the thing. Um, but then I just I knew immediately that it was going to come and be a, a part of the the a plot of uh-huh. Chuck's plot. I was like, Chuck's going to use the electrified cage somehow. It just seemed really kind of forced and um, predictable. And yeah, and then it made me question the whole Fight Club scenario B plot anyways, because I was like, was that just set up so that there would be an electrified cage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I do. And actually, Chris, we have a very similar kill. We do. So we'll be we'll be uh, collaborating on this murder, I guess. Um, I thought that the the bad guy getting shocked and um, this causing him to, like, get electrified and shoot like one of the other bad guys with his gun. uh, That just felt like way too easy and way too cheesy there could have just been one guy he didn't need to shoot the other guy like if it's if the intention was to be like funny and campy with it like that's fine i get that but it was just kind of like i was like really like that seems Mm -hmm. that seems silly yeah uh something that's silly that we do here is the scooter scale where we rank a television show using corn dogs yes it is we have we have up to five corn dogs to use and we don't have to use them if we don't want to so Aaron, on a scale of zero to five, what would you rank this episode? I'm going to give this episode a four. Um, Again, this is the season of Aaron, and I feel like I've been rating episodes very highly, but I was very excited about the introduction of Shaw. I really, um, I don't know if this will continue to be the case. I don't remember totally my feelings on him. I know he's kind of an impediment to the Chuck and Sarah situation, so that's not something that I will love, but I do... um, I, I did like his introduction, even if parts of it were a little bit nonsensical. Um, I liked the episode. I liked seeing um, Devin's foray into the spy life, especially now that we know that he doesn't want to be there. Like, I think that that was an interesting choice for mm-hmm. his character. And I thought that it, um, again, like developed his character some more, gave him some new depths. Um, the only thing I, w- I would have liked to see, I think I would have liked to see a little bit more of Ellie. Um, I think we'll probably get to see some more of her in the season, but I think like I like I really liked the moment where she didn't like believe Devin's lies. I thought that was really funny. Um, I thought it was believable seeing her kind of freaked out about Devin, like where he was. But we don't get to see like a ton of her. And I think that we could have probably stood to see more. So Mm -hmm. um, between that and the confusion of the setup, not setup, whatever. I think it it I dock I dock it one one corn dog away from perfect, but I think it was a fun episode and I enjoyed it. 
I would, uh, I'm going to give it 3.5. Okay. Um, last week was really a high point for me. I feel like it's kind of strange because this episode, you know, it is directly tied into the previous episode, but it feels like it kind of doesn't have, it feels different because it's like dealing with the stuff from Chuck versus the Angel de la Morte mm-hmm. um, with Devin's involvement, but then it almost like immediately leaves that or it doesn't like I would have been I really would have liked this episode if it was similar like they did if they didn't have a buy more B plot mm-hmm. and it was really like Ellie was a bigger part like you were saying it was yeah. really kind of more like just connected and more of like uh I don't know like a couplet I don't know yeah or I, like, I totally agree with that um but yeah this time I just like and introducing Shaw and also juggling the stuff with Devin it just kind of felt a little awkward at points mm-hmm. uh there wasn't anything I really disliked about it per se but it just didn't have that that wow factor for me like last week did yes i i totally agree um but i did i did have fun with it um i did want to point out um just just a few items of uh trivia that are listed on its imdb page um this is something that i i found um so we have when yelling at the lady customer looking for hd tv sale in the store chuck is speaking thai um, and a feature that IMDb has is um, listing how many people out of how many people found this interesting. So um, five out of five people found that fact interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the next fact is the sunglasses Lester wears are probably a reference to Brad Pitt's sunglasses in Fight Club. So only probably, not definitely, probably. And eight out of nine people found this interesting. So one person didn't find that interesting. That one person prefers certainty. They want to know if if it is a reference. Yes. Not probably. And then uh, similarly, we have this fact. Brandon Routh is a guest star in this episode. Routh previously played Superman in Superman Returns and the Atom in Arrow and DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Years later, Zachary Levi would go on to play Shazam, another DC comic superhero. And five of six found this interesting. So again, one person did not find that interesting. And I am very curious about the one person that did not... Like, what didn't they like about it? Did they think that the the facts that I just listed are so obvious that why would they be included on IMDb, much like I thought? Or um, that that's not really... Most people have been in either a Marvel or a DC movie, so saying that both people in a show have been in one is not really that interesting. I hope they're not a listener of this show. They're like, I just like listening to a show about Chuck as long as they don't bring up any of those uninteresting tidbits from imdb i do have to say Uh, um on my flight back from arizona there was um someone was watching shazam on their phone so that was oh yeah it was pretty exciting to look over because i was watching chuck on the plane in preparation for one of (laughs) one of our episodes and uh i turned over and i was like oh that's also zachary levi so that was fun that's a fun flight also did you know that uh talking about brandon routh and superman but apparently matt bomber and also ryan mcpartlett also auditioned for the role of superman that is interesting one out of one aaron's finds that interesting (laughs) while i was watching chuck with my parents my mom asked me the the guy who plays chuck has he been in anything and i was like oh he actually um he plays he plays shazam he i said he was in the marvelous mission Maisel, and he plays shazam and she was like oh has he has he been in anything recently? And I was like, Shaz- Shazam came out like like a couple months ago. And she's like, oh, okay. So if someone on a plane watching Shazam, my mom, no idea, doesn't know. <laughs> 
your parents should start their own similar podcast you go check yourself where they discuss chuck in depth yes they should i'll um i'll ask them maybe they could bring their neighbors um on as guests Ooh, that would be good yeah. i'd listen to that i would too uh it has been another another delightful episode aaron thank you for taking part in this uh, yet another episode hashtag season of aaron uh we'll see you again next week listeners at home i hope everything is well with you i don't know why i'm saying that just now i should have said that at the beginning but who cares? Uh, my name is Chris Gillespie reminding you that food is sexy. And my name is Erin Arata letting you know that anything is possible. Hope we're still yes. number one in Italy. Yeah, Erin, I gotta mean to talk to you about that. Oh no, some, oh uh, no. I got some bad news. Thanks for listening. As always, a big thanks to the artist Hadakoa and the fine folks at freemusicarchive.org for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. If you want to drop us a line, you can reach us at gocheckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Go Check Yourself on your preferred podcast platform. New episodes come out every Monday morning and you do not want to miss a new episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.